Go Oats was one of our members over at our Lorton kitchen. Uh, we have two locations, Lorton Chantilly. And Go Oats, actually, he he appeared on Shark Tank and yeah, did a great job. He did a bang up job. I love Nahum. He's, he's, it was so awesome to see him grow you know, through our kitchen and take the advice and make the changes. And it's, it's awesome because we get to see people when they gain a little success, but we also see them in how they handle their, their failures. Right. And, and I will say a lot of people, they focus on, Oh, you know, you got to go out and make mistakes. And that's very true. But some people are just as dangerous to themselves in success as they are in failure. Welcome back to winning at work. It's season three the podcast for the food and beverage and CPG world. I'm Jennifer Lee, Tony's new marketing sidekick and creative guru. I'll attempt to keep him on track as we discover the ideas and strategies behind all these different, better, and special brands. Oh, good luck keeping me on track, but I am really stoked to have you on the team, Jennifer. Your background in marketing and SEO and socials, we are going to have so much fun this year. We're going to be discovering the new brands here in 2023. It's all about functional, good for you, lifestyle brands. Those are trending. Those are the products that are gaining market share and really pulling away from those old legacy brands. We're going to have each and every one of those brands down on the podcast to talk to us, to share their ideas, their inspiration. So you, the entrepreneur, so you, the food and beverage and CPG professional can take these new ideas in and incorporate them into your business and into your life. Oh my gosh, Tony, I'm seriously so excited. I feel like I learn so much just from listening to older episodes. Well, that's why we're here. And if this is your first time here, I would recommend, look, go back, take the five episode challenge. Pick a brand, pick a CEO, an entrepreneur, dive in, listen to what it is that they're teaching us. If you love the content, subscribe. We hope you're along with us for the journey each and every week. By the way, do you have a favorite brand in your market you would love for us to amplify on this national platform? Reach out to us on LinkedIn and stay tuned for this week's episode. Hey, it's Jennifer. We get it. Everyone hates hiring. Inspired by his guests, Tony created a novel talent acquisition program that attracts the hidden candidate market, the 70% of people that are not actively applying to jobs. Click on the attract link in the show notes to watch a demo. Welcome to Winning at Work, everybody. It is Tony, and I got to say, I have had so much, I, I've, obviously I've had a, t- a ton of fun talking to lots of brands. But at the start of this year, I had a a large number of kind of smaller firms reach out. We've been talking to a lot of different brands. They want to get on the podcast. They want to kind of talk about uh, their mission, their purpose, get some brand exposure. I'm all for it. I love it. But you know, before a brand can actually get to the point where they can go on a podcast and they can start promoting what they're doing before they get into retail or hit DTC or, you know, become the next craze inside of a, of a food service solution, you've got to find a way to commercialize and get your brand up and running. And I have said this for the longest time. I think literally every city and they, maybe they are out there. I just haven't done a ton of research. I think every city needs what I am bringing you guys today. I'm bringing you 
Cassidy Jones, COO, co-founder of Frontier Kitchens. And I think this is what every city needs, Cassidy. You know, brands come in, they get their, you know what, sorted out, and they learn how to operate inside of a kitchen and get themselves up and running. So, so happy to have you. We were just kind of joking before um, before I hit the record button that you are Mr. Back of the House. So Back of the House is coming to the front of the house today to talk to us. Appreciate it. Yeah, I feel it, it's a little nerve wracking to be in the front of the house. You know, I like to be back in the dungeon where nobody can see me, you know, so like I, that, that's my world. That's I'm comfortable back there, you know, keep me exactly. away from the customers, right? Keep me away from exactly. the customers. Well, I don't, you know, you've got a face <laughs> for customers. You could go up front, you know. I think uh, you're too kind. clean up all right. Ah, you're too kind. You're too kind. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, you know, a little bit about myself for those, you know, the people that don't know. Uh, I worked in pastry for about 22 years, five star, five diamond hotels, you know, restaurants. I worked with uh, some amazing pastry chefs and chefs that contributed to the evolution of culinary arts and pastry arts. Very fortunate to have worked in some awesome places, uh, you know, here in D.C., Northern Virginia area. I went out to Vegas for a number of years, came back. Uh, Four Seasons was the last place where I was working uh, over at Bourbon Steak. That was a good time. And then it was time for me to do my own thing. And, you know, I started my own little pastry business and, you know, going through the experiences of that and what it takes, the amount of money it takes to kick something off. uh, Through a mutual friend, I came across my business partner and co-founder, Brenda Cromer. And, well, that's... It's a long story. It's very serendipitous, but, but, uh, anyway, we ended up partnering up and I just, it was the most amazing idea. And I ended up stopping my pastry business because I'm so passionate about what I'm doing now. I think it's the coolest thing. Uh, a number of years ago, you know, I was getting burned out. I got very interested in investing and, and business and things like that. And the business that I'm in now allows me to play a small role in, other people like trying to achieve their dreams and giving it a shot. And Frontier Kitchen lowers the barrier of entry for people to get their food businesses started. And for anybody who's tried, you know, it's a significant cost up front. The numbers are and statistics are not in your favor. It, you take a huge amount of beating along the way. And, uh, you know, the attrition rate is massive. And so with what we've built here with Frontier Kitchen, you know, we've had multiple members come through our doors, uh, hundreds over the years, actually. Now we've had dozens and dozens of graduates. What we call graduates are people who have come into our kitchen, gotten their stuff sorted out, like you said earlier, <laughs> and they know their ideas got traction and they've gotten themselves in a good situation where they can, with confidence, go out and get their own place and, and feel good about their chances of success. So it, it actually increases their chances once they get out there. And, uh, you know, we've got a few right now that are on that path. Uh, in our Chantilly location, we've got Rice Culture, who's looking at going and getting their own space. They're actually working that right now. Uh, Go Oats was one of our members over at our Lorton Kitchen. Uh, we have two locations, Lorton, Chantilly. And Go Oats, actually, he he appeared on Shark Tank. Oh, nice. And yeah, did a great job. He did a bang-up job. I love Nahum. He's, he's, it was so awesome to see him grow, you know, through our kitchen and take the advice and make the changes. And it's, it's awesome because we get to see people when they gain a little success, but we also see them in how they handle their, their failures, right? And, and I will say, a lot of people, they focus on, oh, you know, you got to go out and make mistakes. And that's very true. But some people are just as dangerous to themselves in success as they are in failure. Like we all get down and out right when we're failing. But man, some people, when they get successful, 
they become their own worst enemy in their own way. So it's great when you see people like manage all of these things along the path. And anyway, it's just been an awesome ride so far. And, you know, we are, we are looking to expand. I think what you nailed, like you nailed it right on the head when, uh, you know, every, every city could probably use something like what we're doing and it, it builds the local economy. It helps circulate the dollars locally instead of, you know, sending them out to these big chains, you get something unique, something different, something that's very specific to the area that you're in. And it's just a, man, it's just awesome. It's awesome. Like I wake up every day and I'm like ready to get after it. Well, Cassidy, so you talk about expanding. Um, so what are the, what are the obstacles for you in, expanding to say another city what kind of an investment do you have to make what other obstacles maybe that i'm not thinking of yes you know a lot of them they they translate over for me uh, very similar to the members and the interesting thing is i mean when you look at it my business it's uh we're like an apartment complex for small businesses (laughs) right the the people that use our, our in a weird sort of way. Yeah. Except I'm a landlord that actually, you know, I really want to see you succeed and move on. You know, like we want to see you grow. We want to see you crush it, just absolutely crush it. And then we want to see you go on your way where most landlords would love for you to stay for all eternity. Right. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, I am kind of curious though, because it seems to me that obviously college and universities, to me, that's an interesting idea. I don't know if you've, if you've given any thought to that, but they're obviously, you know, raising up the next generation of entrepreneurs, or you've got people in college that go, this is not for me. I want to do my own thing. So if you had like a frontier kitchen and some of those larger, you know, seeing you kind of environments. Yeah. I mean, the, it's, it's very interesting. You mentioned college because I, I, I'm a dropout myself and it just made more sense for me. I, I like to go out and play in the street. And I'm not scared to get hit by a couple of cars along the way. Like school of hard knocks works well for me and school works well for other people. And uh, I I will say this, our youngest entrepreneur in our kitchen is actually my youngest son. And uh, he's got a little drink business over here at Chantilly. He just upgraded his vending machine at our Lorton facility. And I pulled him out of school to homeschool him because school was not really a good fit for him. And he... He started his first little business with us when he was about 10 years old and he's 14 now. And I, I don't know if he'll actually ever have like a traditional job unless he chooses to. So it's very cool. Like you said, there's different things for different people. But I got to tell you, aside from even just people that want to go out and give it a shot, I mean, it, this is such a great place to do it. This is such a great concept to do it because we're significantly cheaper in the overhead and getting started. I mean, a person can come in here and, you know, with uh, their their startup fees, depending on the membership and what they need, yeah, you can get started for like just, just barely into the thousands where if you wanted to go out and build your own place, I, I mean, I can tell you in DC, I don't really know how you could do it for less than a million dollars to start. That's incredible. And like signing away the soul of your firstborn child to do it. It's, it's insane. You're taking a massive risk. Well, so you've got, as you say, you know, dozens and dozens of uh, entrepreneurs in any one of your locations at any particular time, what would you say are some of the top four or five issues, problems you have seen with food startups? In my opinion, I can tell you number one, two, and probably three (laughs) is just they run their business finances like they run their personal finances. 
I, I think that's the that, that's the biggest mistake. You're asking about like th- things that the, kind of the barriers they create for themselves. I would yeah, say or that's just, not, you know pitfalls that you have noticed yeah, that have that's definitely in my opinion that's number one, two, and three. They run their business finances like they run their personal finances. And all of us are hoping to win the lottery so we get that big chunk of cash that's going to solve all our financial problems. But the thing is, if you don't have your financial house in order, it your, your habits are your habits. You'll have more money. It might take you a little longer to burn through it, or maybe you just buy bigger toys. And most of the people in this kitchen, on the opposite side of that, the people that are squared away and they keep their, their numbers, they're, they're on track, they pay attention to that, they watch where every penny, every dollar is gone. They're careful about when they buy stuff. They wait until they absolutely need it to do it. They're squirreling that cash away. They don't pull too much money out of the business. The people that really have that financial house in order, they are the ones that are most poised for success. And I think it starts with personal finances. If you can't run your own house, you know, starting up a, another business is just going to be another way for you to, you know, spend money or, or money's going to be flowing out. So I would say strongly one, two, and three, that would be it. <laughs> Okay, so we go. So one, two, three. Uh, you better mm-hmm. be good with with money and margins and expense control. Oh uh, yeah. What would you say? Four, five, six. Uh, I would say you got a lot of people. They want to do it all themselves, and it's hard to give up control. But if you really want to get somewhere, you know, teams go to places where individuals cannot. And, and I'm a grinder. I can grind hard, but there's only so many hours in the day and there's only so many, there's only so many things that, that I know. And I really think you have to surround yourself, yourself with people that are better than you. And in the beginning, that's difficult, right? Uh, we all want to feel smart. We all want to have the right answers. But man, what is great is when you have the people to go to. And when you have a question, you've got somebody that has been through it already and they can tell you, look, do what you're going to do. But this was my experience with that. And, and I think a characteristic. Are you saying they uh-huh. can get that with you? Oh, yeah. I, we've done tons of consults. Yeah, add people or that's part of your service. Yeah. So, like, you know, this, this, is a, this is a great way. I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. A new business comes into our kitchen and they're scared about everything, right? And they feel like they're being thrown to the wolves. They go in the kitchen. There are all these other businesses and they're hustling and bustling. And we all just assume that everybody's got it figured out. Like you, you're just seeing people working and doing things and you're just like, wow, I have no clue what I'm doing. But these people, everybody knows what they're doing. I tell every single person that walks in this kitchen, someone is going through, has gone through, or is about to go through whatever you are experiencing right now. So make some friends in the kitchen. Talk to people. They will be able to shorten your learning curve on so many things. Want to get into a farmer's market? Talk to this person. They'll tell you the ones that are good, the ones that are bad. You can come to us. We have some connections at those same markets and tell you which ones tend to do better than others. You don't know how to cost your products out? Great. Sit down with me and we can go over. You you need to do wholesale. You think about getting distributors. You're just going to go direct to consumer. Well, let's make sure you're not garnishing each cupcake with a dollar. (laughs) You know what I mean? Let's Let's make sure you're making money here, right? And so there's all these, yeah, I mean, and, and we don't charge for the consulting aspect of that. You know, you're an adult, you come to us, schedule some time, we'll sit down with you and chat, like whatever it is. I really think that that has, has really helped us. If a person wants to sit down and spend some time together, we will sit down with that person and spend some time. And that is included in the membership. And the cool thing is, it's your business. If you want to fly below the radar, just kind of be left alone. Cool. 
you want to come in here and kind of make friends with everybody and like pick our brains about things? Well, that's cool too. You know, the, they reap the rewards or pay the consequences of the decisions that they make. And we just try to make it a little easier to make the right ones. What other problems do you find that the new food startups have? Yeah. So aside from like what I said about the finances and then like not building a strong team, I think sometimes people are a little bit, a little too rigid with their idea. I I tend to tell people again, like when they come in, look, be crystal clear on your outcome, but be real flexible about how you get there. And sometimes an event or uh, a certain gig that you pick up at first, you're like, ah, man, I didn't really want to do this. I just signed up because I'm kind of, you know, I'm, I'm trying a bunch of different things to see what will grab. And sometimes the thing that you had no idea turns out to be the thing that gets you to that next level. And your customers, they will tell you what they want. And uh, I heard once that the recipe for a billion dollars is uh, find out what they want, go and get it, and then give it to them. And if you're listening to your customers, they will tell you what they want. And some people are just so rigid. They're like, no, this is it. It, it has to be this, and I'm not going to deviate, not even a little bit. And yes, there has to be a little bit of that. You got to be proud of what you're doing, but you still got to be kind of flexible on like how things go, right? No plan survives first contact. Well, <laughs> that's a good one. No plan survives first contact. Yeah. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. There you go. Mike. <laughs> right? Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson is absolutely right about that. So- you're also seeing a lot of new ideas that are coming in. Can you talk to us a little bit about some of the, maybe some of the new food trends that you're seeing or just what, what are we, what can we expect, you know, new type of brands to be bringing to the market? Uh, we, we've kind of gone through a phase recently with, with donuts, different variations of donuts. That was pretty cool. Cause I love donuts. Who My partner Brenda, not so much. <laughs> So, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, I love donuts and I agree with you who doesn't love donuts, right? Uh, that, that was cool. People were doing some very cool creative things. Uh, we're seeing a lot of, uh, a lot more focus on, on vegan, you know, uh, we got some vegan bakers that are doing some really high quality, really cool stuff. Uh, again, I'll bring up rice culture They're They're doing the Japanese taiyakis. And then they also do some other, they do some Filipino desserts as well. And, you know, some other puddings and things like that. They, they do really cool stuff. Uh, Nahom from Go Oats, I, I thought his idea was incredible. It's like an oatmeal arancini. And I just thought that was the coolest idea. So you will see trends of they, they start forming and some of them run their course and then they change. But I can say those are some of the cooler ideas. Uh, the things that, that I think uh, also are, are – that are not necessarily tied to the food product, but are just as important is the style in which people are doing things. And we all know what we've gone through over the past three years. I'm not going to harp on that. I want to, you know, keep it moving forward, but it definitely changed things. And so now people are reconsidering when they're opening their storefronts, the layout of it, what, what that style of food is going to be. What's the best oh, way to get it in the customer's like hands? Or grab and go prepared, et cetera. Yeah. Exactly. So I think in addition to the cool products that are coming out, if a person can find a very creative way to get that in the hands of their customers, then, you know, there's something there also. 
And, uh, you know, we've, we've got some people working a lot now with, with some of the local farms around here. And I think they're doing some really cool things. And there's just this, you know, you can start to get these really cool area specific type of products from, from local producers, but they're working together. So it's almost like community based. And that's the type of stuff that I think is cool. That is what I think is cool. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. Well, I know it's not one size fits all, but are you seeing brands that are trying to get into food service that they're creating something that they want to get into, I don't know, college or university or, you know, hospitality, the different kitchens, or are these brands that just want to sell direct? You know, that, that, that's actually really, uh, it's a good question. And the, the beauty of, again, my business, why I love it so much is we have, it, it goes across the board. It goes from food trucks to like a specific, like a person that makes jam and we have everything in between. And when you talk about universities and things like that, we see a lot of people doing meal prep. Sometimes they'll get in contact with sports teams and they'll see if they can't do like the breakfast, lunch, and dinner when a coach is really trying to dial in these guys' nutrition and stuff like that. So people have, have pitched it that way. Uh, people have also pitched the idea of that, that I thought was pretty creative benefits for, for big companies right? Sometimes they'll pay for a gym membership. It's like, Oh, Hey guys, go work out. Or, you know, we do this or that. Well, some of them, you know, are now starting to say like, okay, cool. Y'all are, we'll do meals for you. The, the, the company pays for it as a benefit to their employees. And a person can put in an order, they get a couple of family style meals. And then when they go home, you know, they, they get delivered to the business, that employee takes it home and then boom, they got meals for the That's week. And I thought idea. that was, yeah, I thought that was a killer idea. Some of our guys, yeah, some of our guys just did an amazing job with that. That really like blew it up for them. I've also heard there's a trend trying to get the workers back to the office and they're trying to come up with ways. And that's what you're talking about is, well, we'll feed you. You know, we know that's you're it. used to being at home, but let's get find a reason to bring you back down into the office. I kind of love that idea, though, is like, you know, place the order when you get to work. And then, you know, at the end of the day, you've got some food you're, you can just take home because it's pretty tough, you know, to work a, a, a demanding job and then have to worry about sourcing and getting your ingredients and then cooking and clean up. Yeah. You know what would be really cool if, um, and maybe they're doing this, if there was a way for them to return the packaging so you could get this kind of cyclical, so you're not just throwing away stuff. That'd that be would be awesome. Uh, you know, since I was a kid, I, it was always weird to me, like just the amount of stuff that w that goes into the trash. And I always think it's cool when people find very creative ways to either, you know, reduce the amount of packaging, make it more functional or make it where it's something that can be reused or, or brought back to the person. And we've had a few people try different variations of that, but, um, I, you know, I can't think any off the top of my head, but we have had people who have really put a lot of thought and effort in that uh, a way to reduce it or something. I, I think that's a very cool it's idea. And I think happening with, happening with that, it's it's coming. It's definitely coming. for sure. For sure. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, just because as we're going more and more with the ready to eat, take it home, it, the company that figures out how to do a deposit system. I, I think that's going to be the differentiator for choosing one brand versus another one. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's going to take the person that can figure out the logistics on the end of that. We've, we've had a couple of experience ourselves with trying to get that the, the last mile, right? It is. And it's always the, it's the last mile. And it's like, if you're doing totes, okay, well, 
all of a sudden you got customers that have stacked up like 500 of these little totes at their house. It's like, Hey man, if you could find a way to get those back, you know, cost effectively, the person that figures that out now, man, I hope we're on the same team. Like (laughs) that person on my team, man. (laughs) Like you just said, always hire smarter people and get them on your team. That's it. You've got two locations now. What are you planning for the rest of the year? You guys have a, a third or a fourth. What's the, yeah, so, so I am I am looking for a third. In fact, I was out today looking at a space, and unfortunately, it's not going to pan out. I, I, I do what I call active patience. It's I try to be patient. I know the right thing will come along, but I don't just sit around and wait for it. I'm out there. I'm, I get up. I get out. I get after it. I, and but if something is not a fit, I don't force it to be a fit. But we are actively looking. You know, we know there's a need for what we do. I think we have a we just have a really cool concept. I'm very passionate about it because I got a lot of respect for anybody who is willing to go against the odds, go out and like try to make it for themselves. And I I tell them when they come in, I say, look, I hope whatever your version of success is, I don't impose my vision of success on anybody. It's whatever your vision of success is. I hope you achieve that. And when you do, No one else is entitled to any of that unless they helped you along the way, you know, because the hardest thing to me is everybody has their handout to get paid before you can get paid when you go out on your own. Right. And it's, it's friggin' tough. Like it's the the odds, they're just not in your favor. So I've got massive respect for anybody who's willing to go do that. Like I said, I'm very passionate and, and my, my business revolves around those people. Those are the ones I'm looking for that I want to come through this door. And and that carries over even to our employees. We want to see our employees, you know, and it, like our team members, we want to see them be just as successful. And so we're always encouraging our team members, hey, you've got an idea, bring it to us. If we can help you with it, cool. Hey, you've got a little side hustle that you're working on. And I, I hate calling it a side hustle. I just because I, I feel like it diminishes the, the idea. Like you've got an idea on the side that you want to to make something out of it. Cool. Like man, we, we've got all the resources here. Like, let us help you too. Like my, my team is so important to me and we have such a tight set of rules here that, that we're able to be friends as well as coworkers. And, and I think that that was one of the best things that we did. And I love my team that I have. So it's not just about our membership here. It's about the people on our team. Like we want to see our team members be successful too and, and, and achieve their versions of success. And so I, you know, maybe there's something there too, as far as expansion, you know, with, within the ranks. Well, Cassie, I'm curious, how do you go about attracting and bringing in new food entrepreneurs to your business? How does that work? You know, surprisingly, we've done really well with, with word of mouth. Cause you know, there, there's not a lot of them out there. Well, there are lots of different versions. I'll say that. And, and we've really found what our niche is, you know, what, what, what works for us and, We've, we've settled into that. And the other kitchens, you know, around that are doing very well, they seem to have kind of found their lane and then, you know, they kind of go in on that. And so with us, you know, finding our, we've got our stride, you know, we're, we're moving along people search and then they find us a lot of word of mouth happens. We work very closely with a lot of the farmers markets in the areas and we want to make sure they're getting quality people. And so when they have somebody that they're interested in their idea, but they can't take them in because of certain regulations or something, you know, the farmers market manager will send people over to us and the local economic development committees. We've had an amazing time, both in Fairfax County and in Loudoun County up here in the Northern Virginia area. They've been incredible. 
uh, we have really strong relationships with them and they send lots of people over to us. And so we have these like mutually independent symbiotic relationships with all of these different people where we're all independent in our own ways, but we come together like and form like Voltron. It's, it's so cool. And then it oh, just turns into an awesome thing. That's a good analogy. Yeah. It's great to have partners that really you're not in competition with and they're happy to refer people and you do the same because a lot of times those relationships don't work. I've had a lot of people reach out to me who try to do those things and they're always looking for something. The best ones are out of the goodness of your heart. You know, you just, you just push people in the right direction. Well, that's it. If you try to do good and like, you know, you know, I mean like, cause you, you've been doing your thing for a while. Like you, you're not going to be able to please everybody. Right. But but you, you focus on the ones that work. And if you try as hard as you can to be a good person, like I think the good comes back to you. And if you're genuinely excited about an idea or a person or making something happen, like it's fun along the way. And then like, it's just cool when something can be win-win or win-win-win. Like, I, I, that's awesome to me. I love it. Much success to you guys here in 2023. And I certainly hope you guys can keep expanding and helping those food entrepreneurs get up and out and into retail or food service or direct consumer, whatever they want to do, because I want to get them on the podcast one day. So, you know, let's go Cassidy. Oh man, like you just let me know. like, we can start lining them up. And honestly, I'd love to come back on again. Like, I think you and I are the perfect match, man, because like, we just bring it all together front of the house and back of the house. And like, we got ourselves something special. (laughs) That's it. That's how it works. Well, Cassie, it's been great um, be having a chance to talk to you a little bit more, go a little bit deeper, how you run your business, how you attract, how you support the brands in there. It's a very, very important facet, part of the ecosystem of food that um, we in the food and beverage industry, we know it, but there's many others that just is kind of a new a new concept. So yeah, for sure. your, your virgin uh, voyage into podcasting. So I have the honor yeah, yeah, this is super fun. I mean, even when we first started talking, like I, I'm, I'm glad this lined up because I, I had a, I had a blast here. So, like, if you want me on again, man, I'd love to come on and just ramble about whatever. I, I, I mean, because there's just so many lessons to I learn. There's so much information. We're so talkative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man, <laughs> this would be great. This would be great. I think we're onto something here. I think we got it. Well, Cassidy, thank you so much for coming down today and joining us on on Winning at Work. If you're in the Virginia area and you're interested in kind of connecting, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? You know, uh, just go to our website, www.frontier-kitchen.com. And, you know, they can scroll through. They can find out all the information. They can call us up, set up a tour. We've got inquiry forms on there. And, man, they can come in, set up. Like when, when a person comes in, we really sit down with them. We we. You know, we, we coach them through what they're going to need. We identify where they are. We start asking them some good questions because I'm, I'm a true believer in the, if you want a better answer, ask a better question. And the quality of the question determines the quality of the answer. So, you know, we ask those questions to get their wheels turning. And then when they are ready, you know, boom, we, we bring them in. We want to help coach them along the way. And they can fill out those inquiry forms, get a tour set up right off of the website. We've got some other resources on there they can check out online courses and things like that. So, you know, there's just some cool stuff to help people get along the way. Uh, Website is great. Um, Or they can call us 571-494-0897. And like I said, we got two locations, you know, Lorton, Virginia and Chantilly. So that's great. Awesome. Well, we'll have to do it again, Cassidy. Great talking to you and much success to you and all your brands down there that you're with every day. Man, I appreciate it. Thanks for enduring me for this past 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) My pleasure. See you next time. Right on.